It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Lena Jones Diamond Network Show. This is the place where you and your business are the stars. Now welcome your host, Lena Jones. Hello, this is Lena Jones. You're listening to the Lena Jones Diamond Network Show. Hey, hello. Welcome. We're live now on the Lena Jones Diamond Network Show. I'm so happy to be with you again for another episode. Today is our Diamond Forum Day. I'm so excited about doing the Diamond Forum. As you know, that is... uh, that is the show where uh, I have three guests, and we come in and we talk about two different subjects. And uh, I'm going to discuss those subjects in one minute, and I will be um, um, we will be talking about that. My guest is going to be Nicole M. Dixon, author Nicole M. Dixon, and I will also have the smooth sounds of Roderick Jefferson, the voiceover actor. And I will also have the ever-so-opinionated Robert McNulty. He's an entrepreneur, and he is a network marketer. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lena. Hi. Um, So I'm going to give all three of you a chance to uh, introduce yourself and tell what you do uh, uh, to the audience. Nicole, let's start with you since you're the only woman guest on the panel. Okay. Well, thank you, Lena. my name is Nicole Medallo Dixon, not to be confused with Nicole Dixon, as apparently another author. Um, I'm Nicole Medallo Dixon. You can call me Nikki. I wrote the book Bandita Bonita, Romancing Billy the Kid, and it is a trilogy, possibly a series now. <laughs> so that's where we're at with me. Okay. Um, you want to go on uh, Roderick, the voice of Rod? Sure, thanks, Lena. Roderick Jefferson, on Twitter at the Voice of Rod, can also be reached at myfamiliarvoice.com. I am a professional voiceover artist. All right, and our third guest on the panel, we just had him here uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Robert, go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show again, Lena. It's always a pleasure. Uh-huh. Uh, my name is Robert McNulty, and I am an internet. Marketer, network marketing person. Okay. And I like to use social media for uh, and different tools to help my different ventures that I'm doing. That's right. So you're the perfect one to have on today's subject. So here on the Diamond Forum, we talk about two different subjects, and the subject that we have decided to talk about today was professionalism within the different industries and how important it is to help one, get ahead, and to utilize social media. So I'm going to start with saying, um, since each one of us met through social media, uh, let's talk about how we got started with social media and how it's helped us in our entrepreneurship as far as voiceovers 
as far as selling your book, Nikki, and Robert, as far as you being a network marketer. Let's talk about how that's, how social media has helped us in those areas. And, you know, maybe within things that it has helped us, we can reach someone else who's looking to social media to help them as well. So uh, feel free to jump in at any time, guys. Okay, well, I'll start. This is Rob McNulty, and um, okay. what I'd like to say is uh, I joined my first social media, uh, which was um, Facebook, and I did it to play games because my girlfriend wanted to, you know, show me this uh, game, uh, this gangster war thing, you know, and I, I got on there, and at that point, you could, um, you had these uh, programs that would trend like a 1,000 people at a time. So within about a month's time, I had like 2,000 people. Very hard wow. to uh, get rid of those people. So something you don't know them. They're not really friends, but um, we did that to play this game. But then I realized, hey, I've got high school friends coming out of the woodwork asking me to be their friend, and it's, it was a great way, you know, to interact with people. And you didn't have to spend a lot of time. I mean, because uh, I always tell people it's kind of like a, a deli where you go up, uh, get what you want, interact, you know, with what you're looking for, and then get off there. But then I started realizing that there was a lot of people using it for business. And that's when it really clicked because I had a lot of friends that were also network marketing people. And I could see that there is a, there is a technique and a way that different teams can start using social media to make money. And so that's how I got my start. And then I created a YouTube account and a Google plus and, and the rest is history. But, uh, but anyway, that, that's, that's my take on it, and I think it is now there's a trend taking place in this country. And you guys might notice that everything, in fact, like Walmart, all business is going to social media because of this well, new trend that I'm sure our two other guests uh, are well aware of. Well, I know that and as far as the um, writing industry goes, um, if, you, if you have an agent, an agent will turn you down. At least this is the word on the street, and it's not maybe just a rule of thumb that they go by, but if you don't have at least 2,000 people on a Twitter account, they generally won't consider you. Um, for example, now, under my own publisher, under Sunstone Press, uh, which I should mention, um, they understand now you know, with what I'm doing, uh, how important it is to promote. And now Facebook, I was I, I was unlike Robert. I had 89 friends. I just it was for friends and family. I've just recently opened up my Facebook um, for for you know because I had to when my book launched. Um, but um, it's important because if you're not uh, savvy with social media. And I've found a lot of authors are, and I try to help them understand what Twitter does for you. Uh, and I don't because every newbie, Twitter has, a, has an issue with it. Like how important it is, um, it's just to this business and getting the word out there. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good tool for that. It's kind of like that old commercial. You tell two friends, they tell two friends, they tell two friends. And, you know, it's kind of how only it's on a bigger, grander, you know, schedule. And so on and so on. <laughs> and it, that's true. That's true. You don't even have to tell a few friends. Roderick, um, mm -hmm. uh, no, what's I, your take I on that? I get to tell him. Because you you're an actor. I mean, you do voiceover, and you're there on social networking. So how has that, how has that helped you? 
Oh, it's been enormous. Similar to the other two, I started out on Facebook because I wanted to reconnect with old friends and catch up with family. And pretty soon I realized that it's not only important, it's imperative that you become savvy with social media because otherwise you miss out on an enormous opportunity across the world. And there are a lot of voiceover artists. So I found that between my Facebook page and my website as well as my Twitter account, it gave me a way to differentiate from the rest of the voiceover world. There's a lot of people out there that are really marketing themselves. I took a different approach. I wanted to go on as a subject matter expert and not kind of throw out, hey, I know all of this, but not only do I know it, but I'm willing to help the newbies that are coming into the game as well. And that has served me really well because a number of folks that I've connected with, it's been because, hey, I see that you're always kind of publicizing other people and not just pushing yourself, and that really spoke volumes. But more than that, the information you gave has always been great and something that now I as a customer can use. Wow. Well, you're really building value, and that's very similar, uh, Roderick. That represents what a network marketer does. It's like paying it forward. You're helping people. You're You're building your brand and giving value and not expecting money or you know, something else in return. But in the long run, you're going to get way more exposure, and that's what you're looking for. And you do have that's an awesome voice, correct. by the way. I knew that you were, had to do something with the acting or voiceover or something. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And you know what? There's, there's so much that folks are willing to do if you just give a little bit. And I've gotten, again, a number of clients because they saw that I helped someone else similar to them and or maybe even outside of their given spectrum. But because I was willing to help, it says a lot about, I guess, an individual and a, about yeah. my company. That's right. One of the things that you get to do, um, we'll use Twitter, for example, but it obviously goes for Facebook as well. Any information that you, you get and you share, um, not only is your name, you know, and I have, I use Hootsuite, and I, I schedule tweets. And the more my name goes by and the more valuable information that I share with people regarding, um, you know, writing, like any writing tips or new book information, et cetera, et cetera, the more followers I get, the more retweets I get, the more favorites I get, and the more, you know, because people want to see, and they'll start to recognize you, and you'll build credibility and so on and so forth. Jeff, you're absolutely right. Um, those are three very important points that are taken. And uh, but I, Roderick, but I, I can go ahead. Go ahead, Nikki. I've also connected with the people that have inspired me. Um, you know, one of the authors whose book I used to do my research, who is the editor of True, True West Magazine, major illustrator, major author himself. So you put yourself. You, you find that you know you get to connect with the people that you know, are, are, are actually, you know, in the game. And you right. have to communicate with those people and make your connections with those people. You have more access, you have greater access than ever to reach anybody, celebrities, whatever, you know, athletes. It's amazing. And then all you got to do is take one of those people to notice you. That's right. that's really that's it. That's it. And social media puts you out there like you never could before. You have to pay. Think about Now, I'm planning on running a, a contest to give away books. Think about all the – that's going to cost me $0 to do that, Lena. $0 is going to cost me. Through. Now, I work for a newspaper, and I can run ads, and I get a discount, but that costs me something. Social media costs you nothing. 
Right. Uh, Nikki, I think you make a great point, and that's the exposure and visibility that social media brings you. You can touch people that, regardless of the connections you have, you can never get to. And you can simply reach out directly to that person and, or in my case, companies, advertising agencies, opportunities that I would have never had had I not had social media. That's right. That's right. And uh, Roderick, just in case that voice sounds familiar, he is my intro on my show. So <laughs> this well, is I thought him I recognized his voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that is him on the uh, right. on the studio. But um, like you said, you can. It's made people more touchable. I think it's made. Uh, the actors, the, the people, like you say, Nikki, that you would probably never be able to connect with to put your book out there or your voice out there or even to network to on Robertson. I think it's made people more uh, realistic, more touchable, um, because before without the social media, um, in order to even contact someone, you know, um, at the head of a publishing firm or um maybe a, a production company with voiceovers and stuff like that, you would have to go through a lot of red tape in order to get to the people that you needed to talk to. But because of social media, everyone's on it. Every company's on it, you know. So it, it, it made it more easily to be able to access people. And, Robert, from your end, um, as far as network marketing, I know it just opened up a whole slew. It took a pretty much cold calling a lot of the cold calling off the map. Oh, it did, and and uh, definitely because all there was before was email and phone. And like you yeah, said about yeah. the red tape, uh, for somebody like in uh, in, in Roderick's uh, position when he would have to call, or even like the publishing stuff, you have to call the person, and you're going to get hit with the filters, right? The receptionist is going, you know, you might not get to the person, the decision maker. Well, with social right. media, you're you're interacting right with those people, the decision makers, many times. So you've, you've got to put yourself out there. And um, one of the things that I'm starting to do now is making videos because YouTube being attached to Google is a huge force in mm-hmm. this marketplace. And if you notice, the people that are movers and the shakers in the marketing industry, they've got their own videos out there. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be, you know, professional. The iPhone can be used, and that's another thing. Almost every – one – listen to this. One-sixth of the people on earth have a cell phone today, and that's where social media is most used, by cell phone. More people own a cell phone than a toothbrush around the world. Mobile I think devices. Facebook has hit over 6 billion people. That's where everybody is. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Well, you actually hit a, great, you hit a great point, even in voiceovers, although my brand is my voice. It's interesting how the tide has changed, where at one point it was simply the voice. Now... I'm actually revamping my website to add more videos. But the trend that's happened in my world is something called an explainer video. It's really kind of grabbing a company and explaining what do you do, who's your target market, and what differentiates you. And that's really what's been keeping me busy lately. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, I love so these, these talks because I get to learn, too, from you guys. And, and before we go, I'd like to get your, you know, we've got to hook up on social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so tell me, let's talk about some of the. We've talked about the the good stuff about social media. Let's talk about the. Let's get down and dirty with it a little bit. Now, uh, professionalism, 
when it comes to social media, um, like me myself on on my Twitter account, I don't get them very often, but you get some really nasty stuff, you know. Sure. Be it, uh, yes. You know, uh, and pictures. you are exposed to some. You are exposed huh? to some nasty stuff. You are yes. exposed. To some yes. Nasty, and you're a lot of malware, a lot of bad people. Yes. yes. So if, when you're trying to to have a network that is strictly professional, that's about you, your business, the industry, people in the industry, and people trying to get in the industry, and people trying to connect with the industry. So when it comes to things like being professional, how do you handle that on a social media standpoint from you guys' point of view, especially when you're looking for people to follow you? You've got five people that follow you. You go to your Facebook, okay? You get you see five requests to be friends, okay? You go to those five requests, and three of them, got stuff that you don't want. But because social network is a numbers game, you kind of need those numbers because mm. numbers show that someone is, is listening, someone is watching you, someone is reading what you put out there, someone is looking at your pictures, clicking on your links. So how do you how do you deal right. with that? And, and I say this for the audience perspective that because that, all of us are dealing with something within our social network that it's just distasteful, and we may have several of it. So how do you deal with that and without uh, or not without the – for me, I just don't follow them or I unfollow them. And I'm, but I'm losing members when I do it. But if I can say this one point, um, and it's something that really grates on my nerves, I've noticed that image. What you put out there what is what's going to reflect back. And I've seen a lot uh, – quite a few now on my end, and, and, and you know, authors, how they – they, they present themselves on social media. Um, I generally, at this point, now I don't, I put myself out there because I have to. Uh, outside of that, before all of this, I close myself off as much as possible to those people. Um, now, for example, I had seen something very nasty on Twitter, and I usually ignore that, but it was so awful and disturbing and disgusting that I made a comment to it, and then I blocked those people so that they couldn't get in. And then one person kind of did, made a comment, and then I said something back, blocked them, and then I got malware sent to me. And I just didn't click on the link. I'm not an idiot. But, I mean, um, that's generally what I found. What you put out is kind of what you get back. You're always going to get people that want to come in and kind of be, you know, because they have nothing better to do on the Internet. That's where they can be nasty, you know, on the Internet and get away with it and, um, right. But generally, I've had a lot of positive feedback because of the image that I put out and the information that I put out. I can't believe some of the way they they behave on Facebook and the stuff they're putting up there. It's like, you know, this is your image that, you know, mm-hmm. you're presenting. Exactly. And, and here's another thing. Like for Facebook, uh, you can unfriend a person um, or you can block a person, and there's a difference. Uh, another thing you can do is if you don't like the content someone's putting out, you can actually click a little drop-down box and then block those specific types of things that you're seeing. And so that's a kind of a way that you can control um, the Facebook page. So, Robert, uh, in, my, in my industry, I don't really get a lot of negative uh, stuff like you guys might get because uh, it's basically more for business. And, you know, so I put links out there, and only the people that want that kind of information are going to click on it. So, so uh, Robert... In case yeah. people don't know, what is the difference between unfriending and um, blocking? Okay, what I'll tell the you difference? the difference. <clears throat> unfriending means you're still 
They can still search you. They can still see your picture, but there's a little button there, add friend. So that shows that you're available. If you block a person, you disappear. So if they search for you, it just says Facebook user. There's no, there's no name there. They, they, you cannot see any site. You can't see a page. You can't see a picture. You're basically invisible. Mm-hmm. And you can block, unblock them too. So unfriending and unblocking is, is a big difference, yeah. And then they give a reason. Facebook wants to know, are, they being, are you being harassed? Because there's a lot of harassment, just like, uh, you know, what she said. There's, there's many people out there that are vindictive, and they're just angry people, and they want to take it out, and they want to sit behind their computer. Just like we have pedophiles, uh, you know, looking, trolling uh, the websites, looking for young kids, and it's, it's a shame. But that's the world we live in today, so we have to be careful. You know what? Don't, don't incite. Don't incite. There's a certain amount of controversy that, that I think is acceptable because you get feedback on it and whatnot. But generally, do not attempt to incite people, and they'll exactly. probably leave you alone. <laughs> so you well, yeah, I'm sure they get some more positive stuff. Well, I think my world is a bit different. Yeah. My, mine's a bit different because I, I don't get – maybe I'm the anomaly and I don't want to invite this, but – I don't get a lot of negative, and I think what I did purposely when I started out on social media, I said I was going to do two things. One, as I said earlier, I was going to inform, and the second is I was going to, as much as I could, control my own brand. And by doing so, that means that Twitter, for example, I will rarely have involved personal conversations, and if I do, it's someone that's inside of my inner circle. Generally, it is, here's what's going on, here's where you can find, here's how you can contact us, here's what we do. Rarely is it a back and forth. I use Facebook purely as a personal source. I don't get personal on my Facebook fan page because it's that. It's really to get information out there, and it's also a marketing tool. When I'm on Twitter, I'm there to market and to inform. I'm not really there to have the back and forth broad level conversation that I see. And you also don't have time because you've got thousands. I don't. You know, right. I I absolutely agree. I'm focused on what's the next task, who can I contact, who can I connect with, and also who can I connect in their various worlds to give them further opportunities in their businesses as well. So I don't really run into a lot of negative. Right. And And, and I love what Nikki said. And that's what's nice about our panel today, guys, because we have such a different – I mean, look, we've got three different areas. So you've covered the gamut here today, Lena. Good job. I'm I'm glad to be part of it. And, and, you know, and the the thing is is that what we're putting out there is for people who also look for this type of advice. When I when I put things like that out there, it's not per se that I get it because I get I very rarely get negative. I mean, the only thing I don't really get any negative. I may get someone to post a nudity thing on my Twitter, and then I'll definitely get rid of them. But I, I say that for people that that do get it because occasionally, once in a while, I do get it on on in my Twitter. But my Twitter followers are so good. I have the best followers. I mean, nothing because I put positive things out there. I I right. constantly put in positive and things to influence and, and make people feel enthusiastic. Especially when when you go in to get in the roof and your week is not so good. I play inspirational songs. You know, I, I'm Excellent. constantly putting good things out there. So you so you're right on that aspect, uh, uh, Rod. When 
when you do put positive things out there, you get positive things back. But in and with me, I don't screen anything because I am I consider myself as a personality. Not so much as Robert. Robert is is specific with his voice over me. I'm open to the public because that's how that's how I make my living is through public. I don't block any of that. All of my accounts are strictly business accounts. None of them are right. personal. None right. of them and are you have personal. To be willing to, you have to be willing to accept that. Um, there, that you are going to you're going to be you're going to be a brand. You're going to put yourself out there. If you Google me, you got my pictures now. You have all my information. I mean, that wasn't the way it was before. I was on complete lockdown. I told you uh-huh. I had 89 friends, and there was a reason for that. I opened up my Facebook tentatively because That's I had right. it. I started getting people who wanted out. to be my friends, and I'm like, you know what? I I, I can use Facebook also uh, in addition to Twitter, and I might as well. And I got more comfortable with it. But at the time, it was just a place for me to kind of converse and unify with my friends and my family. You know, and that was well, it. right. So you have a public? Do you have a public figure? Because I I would guess both of you right. guys. Because you can have several accounts. You can have a personal account, and then you can have the public figure account, which is yeah, yeah, what yeah. a lot of guys they're doing. Now. Which, which is exactly what's required because yeah, there exactly. is that delineation and that separation right there. When I want to put something personal out, I use one account. When I want to put out some marketing information or, hey, here's my latest project, I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback, then I put it onto my Facebook fan account. There you go. I like to get a, a little personal. Yeah. I like to get a little personal. Um, in a humorous way, uh, because it makes me a little more human and down to earth to people, and it makes them respond to you. But uh-huh. again, we're not talking about what goes on behind closed doors. Like some people put out there, and I can't believe it. Like again, I'm like, why are they saying that on Facebook? I mean, or, or Twitter. But uh, again, like I'll use humor and say, oh my God, my husband, he did this or whatever, and <coughs> that's uh-huh. it. And then it makes you a real, a real live human being with a, with a life, and it interests people, and that's about it. And that's what brings social media. That's what it's about with social media is is uh, bringing it down to a personal level so somebody feels comfortable. Because really, you're kind of inviting uh, them into your home, or they feel like you're in their home. And once you're in that world, they feel comfortable. And that brings up a point that you have to be careful. Of. There's a lot of people that come in with viruses and like malware and different things. And so you can have, and I'm sure all of us have had our accounts hijacked. You click mm-hmm. on a link that says, "Hey, look what you just posted," or something, or here's a picture. <laughs> With, you know, with that girl, you know, it's like you click on it, it's like now they start posting stuff, advertising, and all, all kinds of different things. But all of a sudden, your friends are like, hey, you're hacked. you got to change your password. <laughs> I will not click on links. And I hate, like on Twitter, you get those little eggs, you know, the icons, right. the, the avatars, and you're like, who are you kidding? No, seriously? Like, I'll get at Nikki M. Dixon link. I'm like, really? I'm not, I'm not that dumb. I, I, I will block that account with the zero followers and the zero following. And bad length, and that's the end of it. That's the end. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about social media is you've got the choice of who you bring into your proverbial living room and who you allow to go into theirs. If you don't want them there, don't bring them in. And to your point earlier, Lena, about growing numbers, sure, it's critical for all of us for our business. But at the same time, you've got to look at, is this someone that, one, I would want to do business with, and two, that I would want to be publicly associated with? Because I get a lot of followers that come my way, and I kind of go, yeah, I'm probably not going to follow back, because that's not good for business. Yes, yes. Right. And and, and, and it it happens to all of us, and, and it goes on within our social media. My motto is, I would rather have 10 
um, loyal people than 25 non-loyal just do whatever they want to on my network. And even though it's a numbers game and the numbers may not grow as fast as I would like them to, but I can at least know that my network is decent. If I give that to, you know, if I tell someone this is my Twitter account, they're not going to go in there and find boobs and butt and all types of stuff that, you know, that are that is not there. I mean, I allow, I'm like, everyone cusses, and I don't mind some light cussing, but if you're full of Bs and Hs and Fs and Ss, no, I'm not going to follow you. Because, you know, the good thing is, is that when people follow you, even on Facebook, if they ask to be your friend, on Google all of them, you can go in and look at that account before you make that decision on whether or not you want to friend them or follow them. Don't just, I mean, some people I just go back and follow, follow, follow because that's what I do on the public eyes. But there are some people when I'm looking at the network, if I'm just looking at my Twitter and looking at the different posts that come through, you click on it and you see something that's not uh, good, you click on that uh, person and go to their uh, Twitter account or their Facebook account and you see all types of uh, things in and you're like, oh, my gosh. You just unfriend them, and I'm following them because when you're not on that network, they're posting that stuff. <laughs> I, I think there, there's I, value. I believe there's value in building a network. I don't believe that there's value in having a lot of people follow you. Wait a minute. And, and let, me, let, me, let me clarify that, if I may, really quickly, and I want to restate that. There's value in having a network. There's no value in just knowing a lot of people. Because that's when you run into people that are buying followers and you run into the fake accounts. It's just not worth it. And the spam, right. And you have to be very discerning for another reason, too. And I've explained this to other authors. I've tried to. I've said, okay, um, if if an author follows me, I will absolutely follow them back. Or if it's a particular author I want to follow, I'll follow them. But don't just follow authors. You're just selling each other your own stuff. You got to reach out to other people, and then you have to be even more discerning who you want. Who do you want to follow? And that's exactly correct. You know, watch who who you follow after that. Don't don't follow the same people in your industry. Try to reach out and, and you know get out there a little more. But pay attention to who it is and what they're but about. But at the same time, we can also learn from other authors and different things. And you might find a technique through following them that that you can use too. Well, I have a lot. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I will follow them back, and if there's ones that's authors I want to follow, but you don't want to just follow strictly authors. Strictly then it's them, just right. all of you, and they're all just promoting themselves, and you're just promoting. you got to reach out to the readers or the people looking for you. Uh, stand out, out, exactly. You want to stand you know, out from the rest. Are, right. Who, or, uh, you know, and, yeah, and I want to get out to the young adults, you know, that, that are going to be interested in reading what I, you know, put out there. And um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's my point there. Like, I... Yeah, absolutely. We can all, authors, that, that is something I always say. Authors need to learn from each other, and they're always usually willing to help each other. But you got to spread out a little bit. It's not, you have to, to get fans and others to promote yourself, not just people who are promoting themselves. Right, so good point. Yeah. And uh, something else I'd like to bring up, too, um, if I may, I use different tools. I use a particular tool that uh, you guys might be aware of called Hootsuite. And that allows me to make a post to all four of my Twitter accounts at the same time. And it only costs $9.90, uh, 10 bucks a month, $9.99 a month. And I'm able to post it, one, one message with my link to all four of my Twitter accounts. And then I can also, it's like being in the same place. It's like having a secretary robot. Can't do this, you know, individually. It would take me 24 hours. 
and I can also post it to, to all the uh, hundred different Facebook groups that I'm in all in one. So I just do that at night. I, I put, put my little message there under 40 characters for Twitter and boom, it's out there. Mm-hmm. That's what I use. I use your tweet. It's a great, See, great I product. I something called uh, uh, Post Planner in uh, Facebook that I just found out about recently that I didn't know about, and that uh, you can schedule, you can um, bring in your post, schedule it to go at any time, and that's free. And that's but you really need to do that. Think about the yeah. people well, in the world that you're not, I mean, planner. I'm, I'm I'm scheduling every half hour certain things, depending on what it is. I'll say schedule, for example, every half hour because Twitter just goes by so fast that one tweet isn't going to do it. So I'll schedule something that's, that I think is, is beneficial. Right. And I'll schedule all the way for 12 hours because at nighttime mm-hmm. while I'm sleeping, there are other people that are up in other places. That that's right. So It's pretty amazing the, the resources we have and the tools that we have and the apps that we have you know, at our, our disposal here with this. And it's just growing. I mean, it, if you think of, of each year, you take each year, I think like they've said, like information doubles. Well, social media must be growing at, you know, 100% a year. Okay, it's it exponential. is. It is. And, yeah, and it's exponential. Note, and on that note, I'm going to ask the last comments, and we're going to go to take a music break. We're going to hear Jimmy Pack, <clears throat> Whiskey Chain, and we're going to come back with our next subject. So last Last thoughts on this subject. Robert? Well, I'd just like to say, uh, Lena, I appreciate you having me on the show every time. I enjoy it. I'll always be, you know, a guest when you need me. No, you're coming back. You're coming back. Any last thoughts on the social media subject for our audience? Oh, well, I I would just say get started with it. You know, no matter what you're doing, if you're trying to build a brand or if you're even if you're not doing business, get your feet wet. Jump in. You know, create a video. You don't have to publish it, but start getting used to doing these things because once you make the, your first video on YouTube, the second one becomes easier. And then you're able to talk. You think, how can I talk for 10 minutes to a camera? Just start doing it. It gets easier and easier as time goes on. So get, that's what I would say for the guests. Get, you know, get your feet wet, jump in, sign up for a, di- a couple of different, you know, to get a Twitter account. Play with it. Learn it. That's how I learned. No one taught me. I didn't take any courses. You have okay, a problem. Yeah. Robert, let's hear what you have to say, your last thoughts on, on this subject. We're going to come back to the next subject. Go ahead. Sure. As as with every tool, it can be great and amazing, or there's negatives to every piece. The key that I would say is to add on to what Robert was saying, learn the tools and then use those tools to groom and direct and guide your brand the way that you want it to be presented. All right. And the That's excellent. Uh, I would say that if you're expecting to sell a product and you don't want to use social media, forget it. You don't want to put yourself out there, but you expect people to find your product, and then you expect to sell it to the public, but you you don't want to have anything to do with the public. I mean, it's common sense. That's the way we live today. You need to get involved. You need to start learning how to use it. You have to start checking. I mean, there are people like myself and all the three of us who are willing to help, or or so it sounds, um, I agree. All right. Robert and Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lena Jones Diamond Network show. Unfortunately, we had to, Roderick had to be the voice of Roderick. He had a plane to catch. Uh, have a safe trip, Roderick. I have two of my guests on here that's left, and that's Nicole M. Dixon and uh, 
Robert McNulty, and we're going to briefly talk about the second subject that we have on the Diamond Forum, and that is about uh, the technology, about modern technology and how it's affecting our family life. I personally know, and I'm just going to get it started, because I personally know I have a nephew who his, he's 13 and his mother can't get him to do anything because he's in the video game. He won't clean his room, he won't clean his bathroom, pick up behind himself, nothing because of him being in the video game. And it's not just a kid, it's adult uh, as well. And that's the part of technology that, um, that seems to be taking over uh, people's minds. So what I what uh, we're going to talk about briefly is, is, is how technology is affecting uh, the family. Maybe not your family, but someone you know family, you know, something you heard on TV, an article you read. So we're going to briefly talk about that. And, uh, um, Nicole, we're going to start with you. Do you have any thoughts about how this technology is affecting families and kids and adults? I Two things. Um, whenever we go to my brother's house, I'm close to my to my siblings and my one brother, my eldest brother. He's got three children. Well, technically, he's got six because he has an extended family and or blended family, however you want to put it. And when you go over there, you can't the Wi-Fi. You can't get on it because everybody's on. Everyone's sucking it up on their iPads or their smartphones. Or, um, but one story I want to point out is uh, my husband and I recently went down the tour with my brother and his family, and we had a great time. But my youngest nephew, uh, my young, uh, he's, he, he just turned uh, 11, and the elevator was so slow in this place. It was a beautiful place, but the elevator was slow. So when we leave, we, if we wanted to go out, we would go down the steps. And we're, we were up five flights, and he had his face in his iPad as we're going down the steps, and he's walking slow. I turned around and said, Michael, get your face out of that. I, I said, get it out of there. I said, we're walking down the steps. I mean, he could have tripped and flashed. It could have been an awful thing because he's, he can't get his face out of there. It's like the whole old bunch of them. And when we get there, everybody's got to know what the code is to get on Wi-Fi. You know, as soon as we get And I, I was, what we were talking about earlier was promotion. I can't just stop promoting. And it's easy to do yeah. it anyway. So, you know, considering uh, it takes me a second, but so I needed it, but everybody was in a, in a group going, okay, what's the code, what's, what's the password to get on? And um, it, it's, uh, it's just very significant now that we can talk to each other. Even my family, with being on Facebook, that's where we basically see each other the most. Now, my family, fortunately, we do still get together, but um, your friends, which is an ex- kind of an extension of your family, that's kind of where we gather now. We don't even go out. That's really sad. You know, I I have the exact, you know, it sounds just like my house. When my nieces and nephews come over, the first thing they'll do is say, Uncle Robert, can you tell me what the password is? And guess what they're doing? They're in there in the living room with their iPads and their iPhones playing games. So what happens is, and they even say that for health reasons, the old way that we used to live, guys, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, where we talk at the family dinner table. That's gone. Yeah. And that's what's no, sad. And that's, yeah. what, that's the negative. Yeah. Yes. The negative side of technology. You can't go out anywhere. Even when I'm out with her, one of my friends, I love her dearly, but all she does, she'll sit on her, her smartphone. We'll be out at a, at a, you know, out dancing or something, and I'm like, get it, stop. You're out here with me now. <laughs> You don't. I, I don't get it. People will call my cell phone, and I'll say, and they say, well, I couldn't reach you. I need to answer your phone. Well, because you called my cell phone, and it's not attached to my hip. 
I don't pay attention to my. I, I go online for two minutes basically, and then I'm off. Or I got to do my promotion, then I'm out. I, my cell phone is not in my back pocket constantly. I don't worry about it. I don't care if you try. I'm not trying to get reached anyway. Call my home. Call me at home if you want to get me. I've told them that several times. Don't call myself. I don't keep it on me. When I go out to dinner to eat with my husband or my friend, he and I are the only two people in the whole entire world that aren't staring at our cell phones. You can't go out with your friends anymore. they got to look at their phones and text Well, that's good, too, that you're doing that, uh, Nikki, because uh, there's also some health problems that can be associated with the radiation having that cell phone, you know, within five feet. They say that everybody, the majority of people, 95% of us, have a cell phone within five, foot, five feet of us 24-7, including using it for an alarm clock. And that does mess because it is a radio. There's a, there's a frequency that can screw up our sleep. So there are some negatives right. there, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough that now that I have it, people expect, like, work, they want your, your, your cell phone number because they know you have one. Well, I don't want to be reached outside of certain hours. And I, if you're not paying for my phone, then I don't want you to reach me. Don't ask me for it, you know. Like, I give it to people. That it's the easiest way to get me during the day. I'll give it to doctor's offices, you know, or, or, or right. things like that. But after that, I'm, I'm not paying attention. It's not near me. And the story, I, think it's, I think it's just uh, it's ruining people. Two main things that, that I think that the cell phone is, um, one of them is uh, what's you guys' opinion on, um, you know, fourth, fifth graders with cell phones? I mean, do you, you think that? I think it was a great thing because um, it's great for the emergency purposes. They have a cell phone, and I think that that's right. where what is it that that comes in? And, and Robert, you're the one who can handle it. I can't come up with a name, but where you give them, you know, the uh, parental, so, um, like the the, the law. Outside of that, I, I don't really care to see an eight-year-old on a cell phone. I, I mean, I right. think that's ridiculous. Um, but I, I think it's great for emergencies for them. Uh, why not? That's the way we live today. It's, why would you deprive a child of a way to, to, to contact, you know, somebody for help? And if because if, children are helpless and they do need help at times, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Well, Outside that's of that, exactly right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't need to be doing all that. You ever see the commercials like with the girl? They put her. They wind up putting her cell phone in Jello or. Um, the one commercial where they're eating dinner, and she's so involved in her dinner, she actually puts her cell phone down, and the parents are surprised. I, my husband and I are like, what kind of family is that? If that were our kids, that cell phone, they're not, there's not going to be a problem with having to put it in jello or worrying if, if dinner's good enough that she puts right. it down. She's not bringing it to the table. What's the right. happening? That, I mean, I don't yeah. Well, you guys have probably seen the videos that uh, people put up on Facebook where somebody's got their fa- their nose in their phone and they're walking along and they fall into a fountain or they fall in a pool because they're so busy they don't even see what's going on around them. Well, and that's pretty that sad. On, on so what age, what, what age would you think would be appropriate to give a child a cell phone? At what age? Um, you know, I think it's all up to the parent. But here's one thing, too, uh, we wanna, I want the, the listeners to know. A cell phone is also a tracking device because of the satellites. Yeah. So you can, so uh, if the police, let's just say, heaven forbid somebody, you know, gets abducted, their Mm -hmm. cell phone can tell the police where, within like three feet, where that iPhone is. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So on on that level, it's good to give Mm -hmm. to 
to the uh, lower grades, the uh, elementary school kids, you know, the ones that they are do have to turn off in school. I think they have to turn them in to the teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these schools are doing that now. They can't keep them during class. Well, what okay, is very so rude. I was at a movie theater, and I had to walk up to a girl, and I said, hey, I said, it's very dark in here, and your phone is blinding me because they can't just watch the movie. they got to text each other. It's right. like... So it has to I'm be sure they're getting in trouble. Yes, yeah, and they get it confiscated. <laughs> and then they got to come home and tell their parents that they don't have the cell phone anymore and explain to the parents why they don't have the cell phone anymore when they're not supposed to be using it in school. So it's it's a it's a friend and it's an enemy at the same time. Because exactly. Like you said, Double-edged Robert, sword. That, that tracking, yeah, that tracking, you can't beat that, especially when right. you have to go to work and your kids have to walk themselves to the bus stop in the morning, pretty much. Or you, 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 know you watch them walk away. Mm-hmm. Lena, on that note, I'm going to have to jump off here. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. All, all right, right, it was Nicole. so nice to meet you, Robert. Uh, yeah, nice we'll, to meet you, too. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll hook up on the social media world. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Lena, for the opportunity. No problem, Nicole. I'll talk to you in the social network. <laughs> okay, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Yes, Nicole had to leave us. Roderick had to leave us. Uh, timing is everyone's busy, but we do have Robert for a few more minutes. He said he tries to hang out with me until at least I'm still here. And we yeah, are almost can, halfway I can bore you there. for a few more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost at that halfway point. So, Robert, you know, continuing on with our subject, I want to talk about the driving, the texting and driving. How oh, do you boy. <laughs> Oh, no, you just opened up a big can of worms. Okay, well, <laughs> Illinois, and I'm going to speak for my state, Illinois okay. in this town has a new rule that you cannot text or you're going to get a ticket. And there's even signs, text or ticket uh-huh. uh, on the highways. Uh, yeah, so you got to be really careful. Um, we know statistically that there are many, many accidents caused by texting because all it takes is for not even a second taking your eyes off the road and you're traveling, you know, 50, 100 feet, depending on how fast you're going. And so it's, it, is, it is actually very dangerous. I uh, think so if you're using a cell phone, you have to use, you know, um, uh, you, you can plug it into your, to your car radio and then drive. You can, you can use your cell phone in the car, but it has to be hands-free. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think that it, it, it causes road rage because when you're at a light, and you're, you need to get from point A to point B, and you're at a red light, and the person ahead of you or two cars ahead of you are texting or on the phone and not paying attention to the light. Right. They tend to hold up traffic, and by the time it gets you, you got a red light, and you have to wait again. <laughs> I think that that causes, I have seen here personally in Chesapeake, so much road rage over that. We have a one light, a turning light that, that turns real fast. You know, before it's green, maybe you're lucky if you get six cars, six to ten cars out before it's yellow and red again. So when that turning light turns green, that time is crucial. And I think everyone who turns there knows it. So when you get someone that's texting or on the phone on, on that turning signal, they get downright crazy. Yeah, they do. They get downright crazy over things uh, of that sort. So, it, you know, like you said, it is a double-edged sword. And here mm-hmm. in, in Chesapeake, we got tickets too. But it doesn't seem like it matters. 
it doesn't seem like it, it matters, even no. though people know they're going to get a ticket. That's right. It, it's not slowing down at all. I think, in fact, uh, more and more people are, are traveling with their phones all the time because they've learned to depend on it so much. And like we were talking about in, in the last session, um, yeah, I mean, uh, cell phones are now the number one way to Google something. And I'll have to be honest with you. There are times when I've been in the car where I've had to, wanted to Google something because it's right there. So, um, yeah, we have to be very careful. And, and yeah, road rage is, is something we have to be concerned with. Also, those red light cameras. Oh, and yeah. who knows, these red light cameras are being, becoming so sophisticated now, they might be able to, uh, you know, to get a picture of you texting in the car and send you a ticket. I think $100, so. I think you know. <laughs> no, I think they're going to probably have some type of radar to detect what you're sure. texting you, especially when the, accident, um, when the accident occurs. It's so easy for a person to turn off their phone and throw it aside and say, well, I wasn't on the phone. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even though they could, you know, summon the court records and, and see that's what right, they could get the record. The time of the accident, mm-hmm. Yeah, from the time that they um, um, sat there. So, yes, insurance now, companies would do that. <laughs> now, that's uh, uh, cell phone technology. What about the television uh, business? Uh, the thing about the people, the screen's getting bigger. Do you think we're affecting our vision? Well, in our absolutely, you're right about that. In fact, uh, I know people that, this is really funny, they have a, a, a TV in every room. In fact, a widescreen TV in their bathroom. I had to make fun of this person and say, you've got a widescreen TV in your bathroom? Well, yeah, so I can watch the news or I can you know, watch my favorite show while I'm in the shower. You can actually hear your television or, or when I'm on the toilet. I, I just have to laugh because we are really, wow. you know, like when, when I grew up, uh, we were called TV people or TV babies because, you know, I was the first generation born in 1960. Uh, mm-hmm. the color television came into being. And so, yeah, we, we grew up with the TV, but it didn't become a lot of our life when today we know that the average person watches five to ten hours of television every day. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's going to affect us in negative ways. I tell you, I had a 42-inch uh, a couple of years ago, a few years back, and I had it for about five about five years, and it, it, it broke. Went out and got a 55-inch, and before it, before it was able to get on the wall, I turned it on, and everything was so big. I mean, the peak. You know, because they do close-ups with camera, so their heads were so big, everything was just humongous. So I said, how can you go out and get a bigger TV? I have a girlfriend who's looking to buy a 90-inch, a 90-inch TV. When is it going to stop the insanity already? When's it going to stop, <laughs> yes. you know? What are we going to do? We have a whole wall, a TV set? Yes. I told her, you might as well go get you a movie projector. You know, you can get those projectors. And, you know, put them on a ceiling and just use a basic white wall like you're in a theater or something, you know. And when she talks to me on the phone, it's like if she's in the bedroom with her husband and they're watching TV and she's trying to talk to me, the only thing I can hear, the television is louder than her voice. (laughs) So funny. It's exactly louder than her voice, you know, and I can't believe that she's actually looking for a 90-inch television to go to go in the room. So my, you know, a lot of us. I know with me, I used to have twenty twenty vision. I had twenty twenty vision for a very very long time. Never had the problem with wearing glasses or anything of that sort. 
And just by me doing co- the computer work I, that I do, my vision, you know, started getting worse to where, you know, that I have to wear glasses. <laughs> well, I'm at a point where I have to wear glasses, and I never had to wear glasses before. You know, Lena, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's very timely because right now I'm going through that very thing. And I've never really? had glasses. I, like you, I had 20-20 vision. I prided, uh-huh. prided myself on being able to read the line even below the 20-20, so I, I forgot what yes, that was. But, yes. but I was excited that I, I still had great eyes until I started working on the computer. And you know what's worse, I think? The cell phone. I truly believe uh-huh. that from all the work I'm doing on my cell phone, which we talked about in the last session, is causing my eyes to get way worse so fast. It's a very quick decline. So... Now I'm actually testing other people's reading glasses because I know once really? I try that, I'm going to get weak and then I'm going to need them all the time. And that's what I'm afraid of. But I'm, I'm going to have to give in. I'm 53, turning 54 next month. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to get the reading glasses and deal with it. I mean, you, you start out with readers. My, I started out with readers, and uh, I gradually had to keep my go get an eye examination, you know, to see <laughs> – for my glasses, and then, you know, my, with me, my, my vision is so, um, I don't know what a foresighter is. When you see things, when you have to put on glasses in order to see things that are far away, put that farsighted. You're, yeah, whatever you can see. Okay, so if you can see things close, you're nearsighted. If you can uh-huh. see things better farther away, you're farsighted. Okay, no, I can't see things, but I can see things near. You know, my eyes look like a... Uh, and you're farsighted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not backwards. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to remember that one. Yeah. So, and then my husband, with him, he was just the opposite. His eyes look like little peaty bean balls. <laughs> yeah. But he went and got the operation. Oh. He went and had the the surgery, the laser uh, surgery done. Yeah. To his eyes. Well, my dad got you know. that, and you know what? He doesn't even need glasses. My father is ninety years old. Amazing, and he can see stuff just as well as I can, and he never needs glasses anymore. So there are successes to that operation. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm afraid. I just think about somebody I am too. going into <laughs> cutting, cutting my <laughs> eyes? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, feeling the flap of the, the thing to put the thing to fix it. It's just, you know, it's just uh, right. for some reason I just can't seem to get with it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the use of the computer and, like you said, the cell phone, which I never even thought about, you know, contributes to the loss of eyesight too. Eventually, gradually, you know, declining, it declining eyesight. Because now and I'm at me, the point where. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say um, there is an exercise you can do, and let me uh, put this out there for for our uh, listeners. When you're at the computer, every so it's called the twenty 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 rule. So here's what that means. Every 20 minutes, look away at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. So every 20 minutes, stand up, you know, Mm -hmm. find something in your house that's 20 feet away Mm -hmm. and stare at that. And I do a couple different things. I'll stare at something close and then something 20 feet away, something close and something 20 feet away. I'll do that back and forth because what that does, there's muscles in your eye. And your pupil gets larger and smaller each time you do that. And by doing so, I forgot where I heard that. I don't practice it as much as I preach it, but it does work. So 20-20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes, look away at something that's 20 feet away for 20 seconds. 
then you can go back to your work for another 20 minutes. What about squinching? Does that work? No, I mean, I, I see people doing that, and I, I've tried it myself. I don't think it helps at all. <laughs> it just makes your eyes hurt. I mean, with yeah. me, it made my eyes hurt. It's going to give you wrinkles, oh. too. <laughs> we don't oh, want really? those wrinkles. Yeah, of course. No. I Remember our parents used to say, if you make that face, it's going to stay like that? Well, you're going to get wrinkle yeah. lines just the same. That's why happy people that smile a lot generally have more wrinkles. Okay. So when my eyes were hurting, I thought it was because I uh, really used my muscles, that I really flexed my muscle a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, uh, from the squinting, from the squinting, I actually okay. thought it was uh, that it was actually good, but that sounds uh, good. What you said: every twenty minutes, you look at something yeah. that's twenty feet away, and Try then mm-hmm. and then you look back at your computer or something else that's like right. that you're doing. What about screen it's an exercise? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What about screen protectors on the computer? Um, no, that's a good question. I used to use one back in the day before they had the flat panel uh, screens. They had those big ones that were you know like big square TV boxes. Um, I had a, a screen thing that went on the on the front, you know, like a Velcro thing that hung down, and I don't see them anymore. So I don't know if the technology got better built in? or worse. It, no, this one in? this wasn't built in. It hung from the the top of the screen down, and it, what it did, I think, it just it was kind of like um, sunglasses, so to speak, because it, it was like not clear. So I think it maybe you know turned down uh, the brightness. But now okay. we can do that ourselves. We can do that with our, you know, screens and laptops. Yeah, we can turn can, it, and I suggest you, can, you do that. You can turn it. You can turn it down. Right, it's the brightness turn it down that matters. And turn it up, which is really Same with helpful. your cell phone too. Mhm. Mhm. So, so technology, you know, looks at covers such a, a vast uh, area, not just our cell phones and our computers and our television. Um, what about modern day appliances? How that has made the smart homes, you know, that how that has made just the family life more easier. The cooking, um, you know, your, right. your ice maker on your on your refrigerator, mm-hmm. <laughs> all types of things, even to washing washing clothes. Right. Technology has played played absolutely. Some type of role. Well, and, and also and he, you've you've seen the commercials. Uh, I think it's ADP or whatever. Uh, and Comcast, that, that they you can actually lock your doors from your cell phone. Do you There's think actual that's apps. Yeah. Do you think that's safe? Would you trust that? No, I wouldn't trust it myself, and I'll tell you one thing, too. There are also some negatives, just like, because remember, this works on Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And if you the, the more Wi-Fi, I believe, that you have in your home, you know, there are some studies that show that it's not it's not good for you. Uh, again, you know, we've got electromagnetic radiation and things coming from everywhere, from the cell phone towers and whatnot. And there's also something new coming in called smart meters. And I would suggest everybody do the research on the smart meter because that's a wireless unit. And they can monitor different things. Um, they can monitor when you use your water. They can turn things off, such as electricity, remotely. Uh, so, yeah, look into it. There's some controversy um, Again, we're not going to talk conspiracy stuff, but, but yeah, smart meters, um, there's pros and cons, mm-hmm. just like there is with everything what we've been talking about today. Yeah, there, there is. There is. In that they do have companies like Comcast that get, tend to be moving more into home security than, the, than the, any other thing. And my thing is, is that 
these monitors or, or these uh, technology that you have, someone has to operate them, you know. Someone has to know the code right. to to get into them and stuff. And, you know, with the world being the way it is, can you really trust anybody? No, you can't. And we're putting ourselves out there so much, we really don't have any privacy anymore. See, that goes hand in hand with the advances in technology is the lack of our, or the, our lost privacy. Everything is out there. And the government mm-hmm. is doing a lot of stuff. Like with the NSA, it's all, it's all, all out there now. And they're able to know what we're doing. Like with the, with the cell phones and the satellites, they know it's a tracking device. So mm-hmm. like for criminals, if uh, you know, somebody uh, robs a bank, they can follow that cell phone and know where they were. Or if somebody murders someone, they can go get the records and find out exactly where they were at exactly that right. time. Yep. That's right. And it, so it all, um, it all plays a, a good point. Um, right. And it all comes in together from, from cable to television to uh, cell phones. tablets and, yeah, and, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I just, um, not too long ago, you know, you I looked at uh, tablets, and I didn't even know that you couldn't do a lot of things. I didn't know the tablet was so limited. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the tablet is just for if you want to, like, uh, go into Kindle, read a book or – Right, or, or um, games. Yeah, I don't I, own one myself. Yeah, I can't see the value I don't from me. Well, you can't even um, – they don't even have a, a, a disc – not a disc um, – a drive, yeah. You can't put, you can't put a CD. Yes, right. You can't put mm-hmm. It's just for internet. It's more more for surfing, you know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. You know, I mm-hmm. thought I could get one get one that does everything, and I did. I got one with Microsoft Office in it, but I was not able to put in a, um, those little discs, those oh, uh, right. little um, SD. You can't put. Oh yeah. SD. You can't put a scanned disc in it. Oh, you can't, you can't an SD card. Yeah, you can't choose an SD card in it because I thought that you, you know, you could use it for when you travel when you don't want to take, you know, a laptop or, sure. you know, you don't have a your your tower or whatever with you, but you could use a, a scan disk. I thought I would be able to do that because oh. it had Microsoft uh, option, and you can't. There, there's no. They don't have money done to do it. I didn't know that. Right. So you just have to go with whatever is built inside, whatever the, the amount of mm-hmm. gigabytes that that particular product has in it, and that's mm-hmm. it. You can do USB, but there's right. no correct. There's no um, SD uh, disk uh, drive. Right, so you can put a hard drive on, on the outside, an external hard drive. Right. Yeah, an external stuff to still carry. You're still not eliminating carrying extra stuff. Exactly. No? Right. <laughs> so, you know. Well, they're making them smaller, too, just like they made the cell phone smaller. Now they're making them bigger again. But <laughs> Yeah. So they get yeah, smaller. Yep, yeah, that's true. Because now they're making cell phones that look almost like a mini television, almost. You can watch a I movie know. and everything in the car. And now so. these cell phones are going back. You know, it's like they they've got these cell phones that are almost like a mini tablet. It's like, wow, yes. six inch yes. screen. It's like you can't even fit in your pocket. I see guys walking around with these big things like like a harness or like a holster on their side. Yes. It's it's funny to see that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was especially when. When they first came out, it was so big, and the idea was to make it smaller. You know, and right. they had it so so small. At one point, you can cover it with your hand and not even know you had a cell phone in there. Exactly. And now, you know, and slowly but surely, we're getting back to it being bigger, but just in a different style. Instead of it because looking of like a smartphone. Correct. I'm going to stop with the one that's right, you know, for my hand, and that's it. And I can put it in my pocket. 
Mine's about a four yeah. screen, and I'm happy yeah, with that. I, I agree. I agree with you there. It makes no yeah. sense to keep going higher and higher and higher. But, you know, right. some people got to have it. They see it, and they got to They got to have, have all the gadgets. I've got tons of friends yeah. that are, you know, the all techie the toys. types. Yeah. yeah. Gadget so, boys with their toys. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, so it was really, I, you know, I want to thank you, Robert, for taking the time to, you know, finish up the the uh, subjects with me today. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, I always enjoy myself, and I, I want to thank you, too. <laughs> and I know you're, um, uh, the thing I like about you is that you're, you're well-rounded on so many different subjects. You know, and I, I already you. know if I, if I ever got into politics, look out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that me personally, I'll never go that route. Because you know why? I'm an honest guy. I can't lie. <laughs> well, yes, if we ever got into how the country is being run and all this sort of stuff that, you know, that is definitely a hot topic. Right. And uh, matter of fact, one of the topics I wanted to talk about was the um, um, integration of, with the uh, to find out how everyone felt about the uh, uh, Mexico, the young, the kids coming into country. That was oh, yeah. one of the subjects that well, I had. Well, we can to talk about that next it. time. How about yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I had someone on the panel. Because I've got my opinions on that one, too, of course. <laughs> I know. I know. I know you did. And if anyone is uh, connected with Robert on Facebook, you can see that he is well-rounded and he has this, this love for animals. It's just crazy. He's got crazy, mad oh, yeah. love for animals. So he's even uh, holding a picture of a, of a little pooch <laughs> of a dog <laughs> on one of his That's pictures. That's my and, Yeah, and if you see any of his postings, there, there is, it's about so many different subjects. Uh, that is why he was one of those people that I definitely want to have on the panel because he is very much well well rounded. You can uh, you. learn a lot and and hear a lot from what he has to say. I think he's he's an excellent uh, guest uh, for the show. Thank you, thank and, you. And uh, if you want to friend me on Facebook, you can just there's a lot of Robert McNulty's, but you can yes. go directly to my website at facebook.com and then slash Rob. Newell, and that's N-E-W-E-L-L, McNulty, M-C-N-U-L-T-Y, and you'll get right to my site. That's right, and if you want to invest in some network marketing uh, ventures, he's the one to talk to. He'll make sure that he hook them up and get you in there right, and he'll do you right if you if you like network marketing, if that's your thing, to make ways to make money. He is the, the perfect person to talk to about that because he has a couple of ventures going on itself. So I do, I thank you. To... And, I, and any of the tools that we spoke to uh, spoke about uh, earlier, um, I use a lot of different tools. And even if you're not in network marketing, some of the, if you're getting started building your brand or doing some other type of business, uh, a lot of the tools that I use, um, I can also recommend to you. That's right. That's right. So he's definitely a man to talk about for, for to any subject, very open, very friendly, and I thank him and I thank all of the panel for coming on. I do uh, understand that as entrepreneurs and self-employed, uh, sometimes that requires us to work on the nine-to-five in the corporate world until we get to where we want to be. Not everyone is as fortunate as uh Robert or myself, or not even as fortunate, but just don't want to uh, leave their job right now and, and, and you know, put themselves into their business. So I understand that when people come on, you know, they're either on their lunch 
or they have to run or something like that. So and it and it happens. But I do thank my other two panels, uh, Nicole and Roderick, uh, the voice of Rod, uh, for being here on the panel. And I'm glad you that they enjoyed themselves, that you all enjoyed yourself, and you look forward to coming back again. And I look forward to having you guys back again as well. So on that note, I am going to have uh, Sweetie Pie play uh, Gumbo Sally, and I'm going to talk with Robert off the end before he leaves. Robert, is there any last things that you want to say to the audience? Well, again, uh, like I said before, Lena, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I always enjoy myself. It's always a lot of fun. And again, just like the other people on the panel, I'll be back. All right, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can take it away with Ice Pack Tally and Gumbo Sally.
welcome back to Delina Jones' Diamond Show. We just finished with a Diamond Forum with my guest, Robert McNulty. He's an entrepreneur, network marketer. Roderick Jefferson, the voice of Rod. He is the voiceover actor. And Nicole M. Dixon. She has a book called Bandita Bonita. And they just all left. And we just had a really good time sitting here conversating with each other. So we got a few more minutes left of the show. So I hope you guys tune in. Once again, this is Lena Jones, and I'm out.